The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto. Hey, hey, Friday evening, that can mean only one thing right here, Disability Law Show. We are here and ready to roll. Savan Tamarkin, co-founding partner, Sanfiru Tamarkin, LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. Albert Klein, partner here as well. Guys, you have stories to tell. we got a lot of stuff to get through over the next half hour, so we will do so. Reaching out to either Savan or his uh, partner or, uh, or Albert and uh, his uh, other lawyers and his team, they're always ready to talk to you, right? one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. And for short, uh, memos on LTD and uh, other assorted things, you can go to ltdfaq.ca. There's some other contact we'll, uh, we'll throw out during the show. But uh, let's get into it, guys. Savannah, you got a, you got a story you're, you're just hanging on to and dying to share. What's going on, pal? Yeah, John, generally, you know, we talk about um, legal issues uh, related to personal injury, disability law. You know, we're lawyers. We represent individuals who've been injured through no fault of their own in a car accident, slip and fall, whatnot, or dealing with insurance companies when it comes to denied disability, long-term disability claims. Uh, And every week we go uh, and talk about, you know, typical cases or or, uh, individuals who contacted us at the office because, we, you know, we get contacted by people across Ontario, Alberta, and BC, where we have offices. Well, this week, I have something interesting for you. It has to do with my experience, something that had to happen to me this week. Now, wait till I tell you what happened. So get this. Earlier this week, um, I had a, a lunch date slash appointment with a good friend of mine in, uh, in Burlington. <clears throat> so I, I live uh, north of, of Toronto, and I make my way to Burlington for our lunch and on the highway on the 401 uh 407 at some point i started feeling my car shaking and i'm thinking to myself what what is this i mean just last week i took my car in uh, I, I had my tires switched from winters to all yeah. season uh, i had a clean it's great fantastic and, and this is the dealership by the way where i bought the car i'm not going to mention the dealership i'm not going to mention the the type of car uh, make model or anything like that i'll just tell you that it's a fairly like it's a, it's this is a 2019 car Okay. okay. It's new. So it's new. So so I, I'm 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 on, on the highway. It's shaking. Uh, I'm hearing this weird noise that's coming from somewhere in the car. I don't know much about cars, by the way. I just like I'm not I'm not the, the person to to open the hood and try and figure out what's going on here. But I figured, you know what? I mean, it was taken care of last week. Everything seemed to be fine. Uh, I should be fine. When I get to Burlington and I meet up with my friend at that point. You know, I tell him about it, and, and he himself has some knowledge about cars. And uh, I, I take him for a, a bit of a spin before lunch. And, uh, you know, the, the shaking and the noises are becoming more and more pronounced. And he says, Sivan, listen, you know, I, I live nearby here. There is a garage that I go to. Why don't we get, you know, get it checked out? Forget about the lunch. I mean, this is strange. So we go to the garage. And, uh, you know, really nice guys over there in Burlington at that garage. Uh, and, and the guy uh, looks at it, the mechanic, from afar. doesn't touch the car. just tells me to just go around for a bit, for, for about 10, 20 seconds. And, and guess what? I come out of the car and he tells me I know exactly what's going on here. He says, uh, did you have uh, any service done on the car? I said, yeah, last week. He says, well, I can tell you right now, the lug nuts on the Ooh. wheels are coming off. Nice. Okay, we are talking about 
uh, something quite serious, okay? You need the lug nuts to fasten the wheel to the vehicle. It helps, yeah. Right? yeah. It does help. And here's what he tells me. So so he he, he basically takes his, his equipment and he torques the lug nuts on, yeah. on the wheels. And then he turns to me and he says, you know, he says the one on the driver's side, the front driver's side, because I'm telling you right now, uh, if you if you went back without seeing us or someone else to deal with this issue, if you went back all the way to where you came from on the highway, I'm almost guaranteeing you that the wheel would have come off on the highway. Nice, nice. So so I, I, and I'm in shock at that point. I mean, I, I had the car service last week. I was driving my family, my kids to activities, to school, all this and that. And I, I am just in shock. How can this possibly be? I mean, how how can it be that the dealership, the place, the garage I took it to, did not properly fasten the the lug nuts on the wheels? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so putting this into context, so I wrote a letter to the dealership, and they're dealing with it. But my point to you is this: in the letter to the dealership, I said to them, you know, I said, just so you understand, for context, I mean, I I, I wrote the 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 president of the dealership and the general manager and everyone that I could find uh, that's responsible for for the dealership, and I said, you know, if if God forbid. Uh, I was in an accident. If I was injured, if my kids were injured, I said, your liability would be astronomical, let alone if this is on the highway and the wheel comes off, hits someone else, potentially causes serious injuries or maybe even fatalities. I mean, sure. We've heard about stories, right, with trucks. Truck tires, and, and, yep. and yeah, they just come off and, you know, they hit uh, cars and cars waver and, and, you know, you have, this is how people get killed and seriously injured. Anyways, everything is okay. Nothing happened. Well, we caught this in time, but it, it, it's just shocked me. And, and it made me think again about how many of these kinds of situations, you know, must happen, uh, you know, not just, not just with respect to lug nuts, but just, you know, when you have people who are not doing their job and that results in an injury, the reality is that whoever is injured uh, is entitled then to significant compensation from whoever was at fault for the bad worksmanship. Or whoever caused the injury, so yeah. you know. I, I mean, you don't want to be in that situation. I, I'm certainly happy that I wasn't injured. You know, my family wasn't injured. No one else was injured. But the point is, this could be, this could have turned uh, in a completely different direction. And, and if God forbid something would have happened, the liability of this dealership would have been again, like I said, astronomical. I mean, who knows what what could have happened? So, just wanted to to put it out there that. You know, in a case like this where somebody has done something wrong under Ontario law, if you are injured or someone you know is injured, whether it's a car accident, a slip and fall, you know, we're going to talk about injuries in the summer, in the cottage, boating, things like that. You are entitled to significant compensation if you suffered serious injuries as a result of someone's negligence. You need to get the advice you need if you've been in that situation or if you know somebody who's been in that situation. And that's the kind of stuff that we do at the firm. Uh, Myself, Albert, other lawyers at my firm, we advise people day in and day out about their rights for compensation for these injuries that have been caused by someone's negligence. Really scary, man. Again, reaching out any time to Alberta Savannah if, if something not even that extreme has um, has come by your uh, your life. You want to reach out and at least have a chat, right? One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Albert, what's going on with you, pal? Yeah, actually, it uh, was a great week. Uh, we just resolved a case with a client, and she signed up about a year and a half ago. And she was really, really reluctant to uh, even commence a legal action. And in 
her case, she was rear-ended, suffered a number of really bad uh, back injuries, knee injuries, but she actually felt really bad for the driver that hit her, ironically. I mean, he's the one who's not paying attention to the road, but she was very, very worried that she was going to bankrupt the guy and ultimately just didn't want didn't want to hurt this guy who ironically had really hurt her. And uh, so it took a lot of convincing to get her to realize that really this is why we have insurance and it's not actually this guy who's going to be paying for her uh, for her claim and for her injuries, but the insurance company, A, her insurance company, uh, as well as B, uh, the insurance company of uh, the driver that hit her. In any event, she was also very reluctant that it was going to take five to ten years because she'd heard of a, of a number of other cases just taking forever to resolve and we just resolved it. It took about a year and a half. We got a great result and uh, otherwise had she not done anything she would have had no compensation for all the injuries that she is going to probably deal with for the rest of her life. She would have got no money for treatment and so I'm really just glad that we were able to convince her that she does need to start a legal claim and she's entitled to she's entitled to compensation for the injuries that now, unfortunately, she's going to have to deal with her for the rest of her life. So it's, it's nice to see it sort of come full circle, especially when she was just so reluctant to actually start a legal claim because she, she felt bad for this guy. And so, of course, it's the guy's insurance. Um, hopefully, he'll be a little bit more careful on the road in the future and uh, uh, won't cause injuries like this to my client. So it's, uh, it's, it's nice when it does come full circle. Man, you uh, you dealt with any cases like that? Yeah, no, I mean, you're absolutely right. I think a lot of times people feel like they are doing something wrong by seeking compensation that's owed to them for these kinds of injuries. Uh, and there are people, John, when we've done this show in the past, who've contacted me. Uh, I, I get, you know, the positives and the negatives. Some people who say it's great that you're giving this information out there. Didn't know a lot about this. You know, all the information I get is from mm-hmm. TV, U.S. television. Uh, or the nightmare scenarios, and of course, you know the ambulance chasers out there. You see the the uh, um, billboards, and and people just feel like it's dirty to right. seek compensation for injuries you've suffered. And yeah, I understand why people are feeling that way because there are a lot of people who are trying to scam the system. We're not talking to those people, not at all. In fact. Having done defense work in the past, having worked for insurance companies in the past, I have an allergy to to speaking with someone whom I've identified very quickly as somebody who's trying to scam the system. And very quickly we tell them we can't help them. And sometimes I even try to dissuade them from proceeding, if only because I think that it's just not, it doesn't reflect well, uh, not only on them, on us, on the entire profession, but it also strengthens insurance companies who are then trying to minimize what they pay out on legitimate claims. But for anyone out there, if you have suffered an injury, again, not your fault, uh, someone else was negligent, not that they've done it intentionally. You know, when we get deal with car accidents, people generally don't run into other people. They don't make left-hand turns for the, you know, and, and, and end up in an accident for the purpose of injuring someone. But things happen. That's, what's, that's really what negligence is. It's when yeah. there was a mistake that, that was made. It should not have been made, but it happens. We're human. You need to understand that if you've been seriously injured, if your ability to earn income has been compromised, if you need help at home, if you need treatments and no one's paying for those or not covering 100% of those, you may be entitled to compensation from either the at-fault party's insurance company or your own insurance company. Either way, you need to get the information that is required for you to make a decision on how to proceed. And this is what we do, John. 
doesn't cost anything. You can speak with any member of our team at any point for free. At least you'll know what your options are. And with that, guys, we'll get into a short break and more of the content for this evening's show, reaching out anytime to Albert or Savannah, the respective teams. It's really, uh, really quick and easy. Keep the number with you. Just have a chat. one 821 5900 Help at disabilityrights.ca. You also have the option of my disabilityquestions.com free and anonymous place for you to ask questions anytime as well we'll continue with more disability law show stand by you're listening to a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 toronto Welcome back, Disability Law Show, and a good Friday evening to you. Reaching out to Savan or Albert any time. They have a wonderful staff behind them as well, ready to take your phone calls. And nothing costs nothing to go. give them a call and have a chat, right? one 821 5900 help at disabilityrights.ca. And for memos on LTD and more, simply go to LTDFAQ. Frequently asked questions, ltdfaq.ca. Savannah, let's get into this. The five common injuries that occur in the summer and how to deal with them because it is getting to be that time of year. Thank God. It's beautiful and yeah. warm outside. So uh, what is. are they, pal? Take us, <laughs> take, us, uh, take us through them. For sure. Yeah, let's just run through sort of the most common accidents and injuries that we see. I mean, typically we see a lot of cottage-type injuries. And I've helped many people uh, who've rented cottages, you know, especially – having dealt with COVID, you know, for the last few years, people want to get out there. They want to have fun. Not everyone owns a cottage. So you rent a cottage or you rent Mm -hmm. a, you know, a place. And a lot of times these places you rent cottages or rental properties, they're not to code. They're not built to code. So there are issues. A few years back, actually, we had a gentleman uh, in his seventies who fell from a porch. He was actually just leaning on, on the, the uh, porch area. The thing broke. He suffered life-threatening injuries because uh, he fell and and he injured his neck. So again, you know, you have these kinds of issues that happen. You have to understand if that happens to you or someone you know, again, you may be entitled to significant compensation. We would be going after the insurance company. They're the ones who are going to be paying here. Right. Uh, we see boating injuries. That's very common. Boating, sea dews, you know, different water sports. Again, with motorized uh, uh, vehicles. So those kinds of things, they're very nuanced when it comes to to dealing with those kinds of claims. It's not like dealing with a car accident. Uh, So, you know, we see tons of those. And some of these, unfortunately, are quite significant. Uh, And and some of them lead to death as well. And again, you need to understand that it impacts not just the individual who's injured or who has passed away because of his injuries or her injuries, but the family. Right. So is the family entitled to compensation as well? Again, you need to understand that you have certain rights under Ontario law to recover for for, for injuries like that. Cyclist injuries. John, you, you're an avid cyclist. You yep. know all about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the issues that we have here, unfortunately, is that many, uh, many drivers, uh, car drivers uh, simply don't pay attention to their surrounding. And so they hit cyclists. And of course, in the summer, we have a lot of cyclists. Yep. Uh, we know when I make a right hand turn and, you know, there is a cycling lane, I always make, you know, triple sure that there is no cyclist coming in because it's so easy to just turn that corner and hit someone. And when it's a cyclist versus a car, you just imagine the kind of injuries that can result from there. Again, the cyclist would be entitled to potential compensation, maybe a lot of compensation, depending on the injuries that person suffers. Pedestrian injuries. Again, we're dealing with individuals who are taking walks. I love to take walks. Or or runners. Um, 
you have to be, you know, you have to be careful. Uh, again, you're dealing with more cars on the road. You're dealing with a lot of pedestrians, sometimes children. Uh, I, my heart breaks every time I hear about a car that swerved and, and, and you know, injured specifically a child, you know, yeah. who's playing, maybe playing on the road even. But again, why is the, the car driver not watching uh, their surroundings? So again, a, a lot, a lot, a lot of, of issues that can arise from there. And, and the law is not completely clear. It's, sorry, it is clear cut, but it's a bit different than two cars hitting each other. For example, when you're a pedestrian, you're hit by a car. Um, you don't have to show that uh, the, the car driver was negligent. So if you have two cars hitting each other, John, uh, whoever was injured, if they want to start a legal claim against whoever caused the accident, they have to prove that the other driver was at fault, that they were negligent. If you're dealing with a pedestrian hit by a car, you don't have to prove that. It's already assumed that the car driver was negligent. Now, yeah. the car driver can show that he or she was not negligent, but my point is there are different laws that apply to, uh, or different principles of law that apply to pedestrians versus uh, uh, cars, uh, injuries and accidents in that context. And of course, pool injuries, pool fatalities. Every summer, we hear about children and sometimes grown-ups who drown in pools or, or yeah, go underwater brutal. for a prolonged period of time and there's brain damage, brain injuries. Maybe there was lack of supervision in a public pool. Again, you have to make sure that you are careful. But if something happens, if something happens, you got to get the information you need, the help you need, the legal help you need to understand what your rights are and what kind of compensation can result from those injuries. Guys, reaching out to Savannah or Albert anytime as we uh, roll through our segment here. It's one 821 5900 That is how you do that. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Want to get into our uh, first email of the day. Guys, I'll throw this uh, your way, Albert. Uh, from Laura. Says, my father fell down slippery stairs outside a dentist's office a few months ago and broke his left knee. He had surgery and he still has problems walking. He's 67 and was working at home uh, depot, but now he can't go back. Uh, we told the receptionist at the dental, off, uh, the dental office about this, and we got a call from an adjuster who wants to come to my father's home to take a statement. Should we agree to do so? Well, Laura, I'm very sorry to hear about your father. Uh, that's obviously very unfortunate, and uh, obviously you're just trying to look after your father and wondering what his rights are and what the best course of action is. And so generally speaking, we get consulted by people all the time in this exact situation where an adjuster wants to take a statement because ultimately they want to uh, get admissions from your father or from you if you witnessed, uh, witnessed the fall prior to a lawyer getting involved. And so if they get some statements or admissions that are helpful to their case, it could actually undermine uh, undermine your entitlement or undermine what your what sort of compensation that your father could be looking at. So generally speaking, I don't agree to these statements. Even 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 when we're involved and we're dealing with the adjuster dealing at the adjuster level, I say that we can that that they're allowed to speak to me, the lawyer, on what we call a without prejudice basis, meaning that any statements that I give can't be used against you at a further time, can't be used in a lawsuit at a later time. And so generally speaking, I wouldn't agree to this. I wouldn't agree to this with a lawyer without a lawyer being present. And you don't really derive much benefit from this. Uh, probably what I would recommend is you call a lawyer right away. Give me a call. Happy to speak to you and your father. Get a sense of exactly what happened. I'm happy to speak to this adjuster directly. 
But the reality is, usually at this adjuster level, for someone who's suffered significant injuries, such as your father, it is very, very rare that an adjuster is going to have the level of authority to provide you the compensation that your father's entitled to. It's very, very rare at this stage that an adjuster is going to pay you what your father deserves because this adjuster usually is trying to get out of the case, is trying to get you to resolve the case for as cheap as possible. And that's usually the MO of these adjusters. At the end of the day, they work for an insurance company and insurance companies have have an MO to try and make as much money as possible. And the way that they do that is they pay as little, little on claims as they can. However, once we actually start a legal claim for injuries and for compensation that your father would be entitled to, typically speaking, they're, they're bound by the rules of civil litigation. They're bound by previous cases. And it's very, it's very tough for them to not look at your case pragmatically in, in terms of what sort of risks that they could be facing. So generally speaking, I wouldn't recommend you take this statement. Give me a call. I'm happy to speak to this adjuster directly. Uh, but usually, usually speaking, for very significant injuries such as your father's, we actually just circumvent the adjuster. We commence a claim, and then it actually gets signed to a lawyer. And they have to they have to look at your case through the lens of what could happen if your case was to go to trial. And now I don't think that your case is going to go to trial. Usually it resolves much before that. But all that being said, the adjuster just really doesn't have the level of authority to provide you the compensation that you're entitled to. Any other so then, thoughts, Yeah. Yeah. I, I, no, I agree 100%. I, I, you know, when I first started doing this years and years ago, um, I had dealt with adjusters directly. And they're not bad people. I mean, I have friends who are adjusters. But Albert's right, especially when you're dealing with a more significant injury, uh, broken knee, hips, uh, torn shoulders, brain injuries, things like that. These adjusters don't have the authority. They simply don't have the authority to provide compensation. You need to go higher than that. But you yourself can't because the way you get higher than that, the way you go up in the chain of command in the insurance company is by starting that legal claim. And that's just the way the mechanics work in these kinds of claims. Now, I have resolved claims, I have to tell you, in the six figures with adjusters, with very serious adjusters. But in a case like this, Laura, where your father suffered this knee injury, this claim could be well over $100,000 in value. I mean, I don't know what the income loss here is going to be. But, you know, a, a broken left knee, if, if he needs, uh, you know, surgery, knee replacement, revision surgery, you have no idea if he's going to have to have accommodations at home in terms of how he lives now, mobility issues. Yeah. Listen, John, I've settled cases with knees, broken knees, uh, that have resolved for three, four, five hundred thousand dollars. I mean, they can be there's no way, there's no way in the world that this kind of an adjuster who's coming in to take a statement is coming in in order to pay that much money. However, if they get certain admissions from your father on that signed statement, that could sway the value of the case in the six figures. I remember one case in particular where somebody contacted me after they signed that statement. And there was one word, one word in that statement that oh, completely no. changed the character of the case. When the adjuster sort of tried to figure out what caused him to fall, and the individual said, I think it was slippery. The word think. In other words, the person essentially admitted that they didn't know what caused them to fall. Now, in retrospect, the person didn't mean to actually say that. They were just simply being careful with their words, except that now the adjuster, the insurance company, seized on that word to essentially 
undermine this person's recollection of the event. So you got to be very careful. One word can change the character of the case completely. You do not sign these statements in the absence of a lawyer with you. If you do, you do it, uh, you know, to your own uh, uh, detriment. And, 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 and frankly, in many of these cases, by doing that, you're compromising the compensation that you are going to receive in the future. Guys, one heck of a half hour, and there's always something to be learned on this show. Continue the education and uh, do it for yourself on behalf of a friend or a family member or a colleague who's uh, find themselves in, in some trouble possibly uh, in this regard. But uh, but simply reach out. Make a call. Albert, Savan, their teams are always behind you, ready to have a talk and uh, and set you straight with some advice. one 821 the number. Email help at disabilityrights.ca, and any other questions can be uh, asked uh, anonymously, by the way, at mydisabilityquestions.com. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll catch you next time on the Disability Law Show. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 640 Toronto.